Um, all right. So, what is ethical behavior? Um, and what is that? Does that stand on its own, or is it? Um, I think does it need a change? I think it's yeah. quite a plastic concept because, you know, someone that goes and steals bread, after, you know, the, the classic, would you steal bread to feed your family? You know, there's a lot of paradox and there's a lot of dichotomy in ethics. It's a very complicated subject, but I guess for me, fundamentally, ethics is around um, not perversing the course of what it is to be a human being in whatever that means. You know, um, and then that probably entails considering what the most important needs are. I feel like you're really quiet, Ed. Me? Okay. Uh, hmm. that, can you hear him all right, Caleb? Uh, yeah, I can hear him fine. I can hear you, I guess, stacking blocks in there. Let's have a look. But yeah, basically, I, I think it's to do it for me anyway. If I was to boil it down, I don't think it's a boilable down concept, but. If I was to boil it down, ethics to me would be about what it means to be a human being and not perversing the course of, you know, of that in itself. So I know that's quite a broad way of talking about it, but it's very hard to, to kind of... I almost feel the moment I give an example is the moment I limit the concept of uh, ethical in itself. So it's a difficult one. But where do you guys stand with it? Yeah, Gabe. I just think it boils down to integrity. I don't oh, know. Beautiful, Gabe. Yeah, beautiful. That just is doing the right thing, you know, even if really nobody's watching. That. Yeah, man. Okay. All right. So the right thing then. Okay. Doing the right thing if nobody's watching or, or Ed, you know, you seem to have more of an emphasis about not uh, infringing on someone else's right to be a human being. So there seems well, yeah, to be. Or, or even yourself, you know. I guess. Well, I mean, that's we won't go down there, but you can also be unethical to yourself, I guess. Um, yeah, for sure, you can have unethical behavior, uh, and so these are things that are they're the right thing, or the or you don't infringe on the rights of other people. So then maybe it's a response mechanism. So ethics is the response mechanism to keep society healthy, right, and its environment, and those will change depending on where that society is at. So Gabe, I know you recently read like Gurm guns, germs, and steel. And one of the bigger illustrations in that book is like, depending on the geopolitical climate of the culture, those, the social contract will change. And so regardless of the social contract, though, neither one of you mentioned specific social contracts. Like, it's not to you know obey the law or to wear your seatbelt or to do these other things. It's don't fuck with other people. Let them, like, let them live in a way that's healthy, I guess. But don't, don't fuck right. with them. And then also to do the right thing. So there's, I think that the reason ethics is so difficult is I don't think that those ideas can exist at the same time all the time. You're either doing one or the other. And at some point in time, what you think is doing the right thing is going to um, bully, like not bully, it's going to incorporate what other people are allowed to do, which is what we have in our social contract. So doing the right thing is not wearing your seatbelt because of our society or culture. But there is an argument that you shouldn't be like, if a person doesn't want to wear a seatbelt, then why should we make them? Right. And I, and then I, that's just a version. I think you mean more um, like if somebody wants to sit around and um, explore mushrooms think, or I meditate. Think both and, I think both and Caleb. Yeah, both, both. And, but uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm going to re not retract my answer, but I'm going to, definitely second what gabe said which is that really simply put it's about integrity you know what what because i think what the right thing to do is incredibly subjective to the individual so you know the right thing to do and even in the same situation maybe for me you and gabe in the same situation might be very very different and that's based on our own individual authenticity and integrity um, I think it has a lot to do with the person's character. How much are they willing to put up to do whatever they perceive to be the right thing? So you yeah. have like you'll have somebody. It's open. But that's authenticity to me. The more right, right. you are, the the more you do exactly what you just said. Um. um so 
to like bounce around the idea in a bunch of different ways. When you have uh, officers from, say, like the Newmanburg trials, where you know they were, you know, or basically this idea that just because command tells you to do it and you've been told that you're supposed to follow commands, you're still obligated to operate like within the bounds of the Geneva Convention or or whatever. So sometimes doing the right thing is not doing the right thing and you and going along with the right thing that is generally accepted can be the wrong thing to do and and doing the right thing can be the opposite right so there's a lot of hairy ground there which i think there's like people step on each other so much because i i honestly i think that both of you got it right the you know that there is this anticipation or this nobility and having integrity and character and where you you stand up for your principles whatever they are and then you um, you you know you stick to them, uh, but then you also don't. You also want to be intelligent about how you influence your will over other people. So you know we don't have power over anybody other than ourselves, really. But give yourself some power, and then in the the same concept of ethics, where now you're responsible for you know dozens of people, or hundreds of people, or thousands of people. I think that your concept of what the right thing to do is changes from. The perspective of what's good for the individual yeah. to what's good for the whole. Wow, um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Gabe, what are your thoughts? I think you said it pretty well, man. I'm, uh, I'm more of a like I'm, I, I don't know if uh, it's always been easy for me. You know what I mean? Like I'm, it's this is one of those things. Uh, maybe I wouldn't be the best coach, you know, because you know how to do the right thing, right? Because it's just been easy for me. Like for me, like that's all that that's. I always it's feel like I'm doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And, and 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 if I'm not, I expect people to tell me, and I quickly, I don't know. I. And you get, you probably are on the. Uh. How, how often do you feel like you're doing the right thing? I guess as, is what I'm asking. It gave like this overwhelming confidence that he's never wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's no, no, no. <laughs> We're talking about like. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Trusting your gut, that kind of like. I I feel like my instincts are have have served me well over the years. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm not like I don't want I don't want the listeners to think I'm like super cocky or whatever. I'm actually very not at all but just when it for me oh, i got you i understood you guy when you said that definitely i just never had a i've never had that internal struggle that i hear some people have you know what i mean like i don't yeah yeah, yeah. i, I just think don't. that's a beautifully put again that's that because that's how i refer to it that internal struggle definitely and like for example because i was thinking in my head and in response to you caleb as well now but um I was thinking, like, Gabe, have you not been through addiction? Because addiction often involves you doing the wrong thing, even you know. And it's for yourself, by the way. This is, but or and I was thinking also, Gabe, have you never cheated on anyone? I mean, I personally haven't, but but I was trying to think of an, a, a, some sort of thing to stump you, basically, and go, look, if you've done these things, then surely you've done an unethical thing with some level of consciousness. But um, but yeah, I've definitely done lots of things. You know, I could, I could, yeah, definitely lots of things that I've done. Addiction's a really good one. I think it's a really good example of where you where you become aware of your addictions, but you're still unable to actually do the right thing from you for, for you, which is to kind of achieve a little bit more balance, or or or, or differently put, uh, have a different relationship with the substance or thing which you're addicted to. Um, so that's an example for me. I'd say. I used to steal uh, like really nice uh, pens and mechanical pencils, like when we would have like a. A fire alarm at the school, like I would just like that's the you kind do it of on shit. The fire alarm. Everything, whenever, yeah, whenever, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, that's a badass pen from other people's desks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm not, Bro. I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm like I had, and I had no problem doing that for some reason. I'm not 100 unethical. When I was about ten, but I feel like I grow from that kind of shit, you know. I was yeah. When I was about ten, I used to steal the kids' uh, like chocolate bars from their lunchbox because we'd all put our lunchbox up on this kind of uh, gr gridded 
you know, slot thing. So you'd have it outside of the hall. You'd all put your lunchbox up there and it'd stay there all day until lunch, obviously. And so at break times, I'd go in and I'd steal uh, chocolate bars with a friend, a good friend of mine at the time, and uh, and then and then obviously eat those. And and suddenly I realised that my chocolate bars were also getting stolen, and I couldn't understand. Like I'm the one that's stealing the chocolate bars. Why are mine getting stolen? And all all this time, my friend who was doing this with me, and actually he was the one who encouraged me to do it in the first place. He was stealing my chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah, no, no honor among thieves. <laughs> it's you know, it's interesting. I, we're different people, and so probably the most unethical thing that I was doing around that time period, when I would sneak into the cafeteria and spit in all the Jello cups at the food because I didn't like the yeah. teachers and students there. <laughs> so I wasn't taking anything from them other than just doing some kind of like petty, horrible thing to their food because yeah, I didn't like them. Cool. Um, it gives you a sense of power, doesn't it, at that age? You, oh, it gives you a sense of power now. You see people do it. Grown-ups catch them on yeah. camera all the time spitting in food or <laughs> like it, it, it's uh, well, it's still like, know, like that I, never goes away. Yeah, well, it's like I, I have full control here. I, I've done something and I'm fully aware of the, the consequences, but you have no idea. And it's only up. To, I have the com- complete control as to whether I tell you or not. It's a very powerful position to be in. Um, do you think that there's a sense of entitlement that people have yes. that oh, okay uh, then how does that sense of entitlement I think skew the personal view of what then is just because nobody is the enemy in their own story like you know whenever I, I just had an encounter the other day at the medical marijuana place or the recreational marijuana place and in, in both that in both situations, from my side, I'm the hero, and from their side, we're both villains from our own perspective, and, and maybe that's a sense of entitlement, but I think it's very hard to, to you know, to convince someone that they are not doing the right thing, um, and even if you don't perceive it to be yourself. <laughs> I was like, right? yeah, Caleb, you were being an asshole, bro. Like, why are you being that <laughs> Like, he was just trying to shoot the shit, asshole. You weren't even wearing the right mask. What are you talking about? Well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's the a... story yes. you were talking about? Yeah, I was actually talking about last night when I went to Brow That Ounce and they didn't want to take my coupon. Oh, <laughs> shit, a story I haven't heard yet. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Did you come uh, away empty-handed? Yes. Disgruntled. Like, I'm never yeah. coming here again type shit? Bonds, bonds no, no. No, not like that, but... <laughs> not that serious sad. now. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> I ain't trying to get rid of my fucking like closest place to get weed. <laughs> I'll forgive them. Uh, were, were coupons actually a legitimate transaction? Oh well, um, I guess we can use this as an example. So I got a coupon I thought was a coupon uh, from the shop earlier in the week, and I called um, before I went down there to verify that they would accept it. And they told me that they would. For Herb? Yes. Okay. I've never heard of such a thing. Um, well, it's like, it, it's, it would be the same if like toilet paper or beer goes on sale. You know, it, oh, it's, uh, so, yeah. it's just a, it's, um, it's, I don't know, it's like milk. I think everybody's got some in their fridge. Um, so they, so anyways, there's, there's this coupon that, allow me to get a lot of it for relatively cheap so i show up after calling them um and they tell me that no we can't take it and i was like well i'm a little bit upset because i called before i came down here um i was really excited about being able to redeem this thing and then i'm having to turn away empty-handed and at that point and this is probably where the uh what i consider to be right and what they consider to be right um started to butt heads because I was fine <laughs> with that being the case. Like, look, y'all messed up. All right, that's fine. Don't let me leave home empty-handed, right? Like, make it up to me. So I I wanted them, and this is probably a flaw of my character, I want them to provide me closure. I want them to uh, heal it, right? You take accountability for your actions, and you make me feel better for what you did. 
That's nice, awesome. Caleb. Yeah, it's a bloody good. That is fantastic. That is, yeah, I love that. And that's exactly how I, I would absolutely treat it the same way. But you're right. It's this thing about you need to make, you put the, oh, that was beautifully put. I really, really felt that one. And I'd be equally frustrated. But actually, it's about us taking that responsibility. But that, those, that's an example of where taking responsibility for yourself can be really hard because well first well the main thing there is like you you've had this mass excitement but also a solid expectation because obviously the person called you so you've expected something but you've also been let down by someone in, in that institute that said it was okay to buy you know to trade in the coupon so the expectation was probably really quite solid you know you you as you were driving there you're like i am going to get that bag of weed no problem this is great i've got a yeah. bag of weed you know so you, you've gone from up there down to a very cold harsh reality and it was one that you don't rationalize that shit for him dude don't be an asshole caleb (laughs) (laughs) but that's how but that's how you feel i drove all the the way to robertsdale to get a damn uh uh, propane heater and they they they, they, go on you you finish your story i'm gonna come in hard at you okay good 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 stuff um (laughs) Well, let me let me just close it off then. So what I ended up doing was I told the guy I didn't like it and it made me feel bad. Did you stop your feet? Like, no, no, I didn't, but I wanted to say how I felt to the person right. who made me feel that way. So I told him how I felt, not in a disrespectful, I wasn't like cussing or yelling, just in the same way, probably with more reason than I would talk to a friend, um, just because I didn't want to be emotional, right? But I wanted to tell him that I felt emotional about it. And um, and then I had to leave. Empty hand. I had to. What could I do from that point other than embarrass myself, burn a bridge where I didn't want to? Um, you know, like those are my options. And, and I think at that point in time, it's hard for anyone. Weed? No, I'm sorry. Did you leave without any weed at all? Yeah. Yeah. I left. Empty hand. I didn't have. That wasn't what I was there for. Um, and I would have liked for them to try harder to keep my business. I, I would have liked for the manager to have been like, hey, I'm really sorry about this, but do have a good deal here. You know, I can work with what you. Is- you know, anything like that would have been, would have made me feel better. But it was like, hey, no, this doesn't work. We're not taking it. And you can leave in behind so if you want. Really Why did they we- say they wouldn't take it? Well, it, because the person who worked there gave me it and they shouldn't have. Um, mm. I called later. I called back and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna push this up over your head, just so because I want to." And I'm that kind of person, so I called to get his name and get the names of the people that I spoke to, and I wanted to get his side of the story about why he wasn't able to take the coupon, so that when I go write my compelling narrative to HR about why I'm sad, uh, I'm not giving any information that is different from what he gave me. Your next yeah. pre-roll will come with a little travel size thing of Kleenex. Yeah. Um, but Caleb, but Caleb, it sounds like really when you said that, you, you were really, all you needed, all you needed was just a little bit of acknowledgement on the other's part to your experience. And that would have been enough, even with the disappointment. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's yeah. funny, Caleb, is, is, is uh, literally, yesterday we were having a conversation about, uh, about how the people act in there. And you said that's how, like, According to what you told me yesterday, like that's just how they act. They don't really yeah. give a shit about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they never yeah, have. I mean, they're they're trying to turn people in and out as quick as possible. There's a line of 400 people behind me. <laughs> they ain't got time for my shit. Take your fucking bullshit. Keep on and get the fuck out of here. I think also, <laughs> like Gabe, to you, like that. That's that's the difference in like, and I, and, I, and I know I'm pigeonholing you big time here, but that's the di- but so bear with this bit, but. That is the difference between someone that ha- doesn't tend to experience too many internal struggles. And, and what I mean by this in this context is triggers. So someone that, that, that does, and, and that's a journey that everyone's on. So some people are far less able and, and still developing that capacity to hold, hold themselves, basically, and, and be responsible for themselves. Like saying, oh, just don't be an arsehole. And that's the bare truth of it. Yeah, just fucking grow up and deal with it but oh. actually it's a it is a journey for different different people it's a developmental thing and i think different people are at different stages with the capacity to regulate themselves around this sort of disappointment 
Um, yeah, so how we handle disappointment, I think, is uh, one of the things that's most telling you about character, right? Because honestly, there's not much I can do about that. I'm disappointed, and that's it. I'm not going to get what I came for. I'm not going to. I'm not going to scream my way, or fight my way, or litigate my way into getting what I wanted. And so then I just have to deal with being disappointed. Um, and how do I deal with that? You know, um, and you can destroy yourself dealing with that. I think. I think people can get way too upset with the fact that they were disappointed or they didn't. Get Gabe, to, I know I have. I know I I've have. Got, I've got a good question for Gabe. Gabe, you smoke most days, yeah? Smoke weed most days, yeah? Yes, sir. So, uh, I'm at, you probably mate. Well, well, here we go. So, if you couldn't get weed for a month for whatever reason, and then you suddenly got this coupon that said, "Oh, here you go." Shops are open now. You can get a free bag of weed. Now, you couldn't get weed because you didn't have any money for whatever reason. You got the coupon for the free weed. You're like, yes, it's been a month. I'm really looking forward to a smoke. Then would you find yourself, would you be more likely to find yourself in a situation like Caleb where you were a bit pissed off and standoffish or would you still just walk I'm away? Not, I'm not saying I wouldn't feel a certain, I mean, because I was mad as shit at that, that lady at Walmart when I drove all the way out there. Like, she's like, oh no, they, they put those in the Connex already. I was like, can we not get in the connect? She was like, no, they've already put all that stuff up. I'm like, all right, well, at this point, I'm just going to be making this woman's life more miserable for no really good reason other than, you know, the yeah. world kind of handed me a shit hand right there. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 it's hard for me to ever justify somebody being rude to somebody outside my immediate family. God, yeah, but it's, it's mate, I, same. I, I would rationally agree with you for myself, but I definitely have a handful of times been rude. But I will yell people. at my boys, and then I'll apologize. And uh, apparently, uh, the way I, well, the way me and Carrie kind of we play fight to kind of get our shit out. Whatever we're doing, it's been working, I guess. Um, Sounds like it. But yeah, we're kind of like passive aggressive with each other, just kind of get it out there. Deal with Let it. it out and trickles. Um. Uh, so, what about like bringing a problem to a tent? Like, I'm not, I wasn't rude to the guy, right? I mean, I wasn't like, you listen here, you fucking dickhead. If I come all the way down here and you tell me you're going to redeem this fucking coupon, that's what's going to happen, right? Like, what is? I, it's not like that. That's how the conversation went. I, I feel like it was rare. I mean, I definitely wasn't like raising my voice or um because i de will raise my voice and i believe in yelling is the appropriate way to get people's attention but uh at the same time as i go there all the time man and i spend a lot of money there and if that was my business i wouldn't want them treating customers like that and they're not gonna know if that's happening if i just leave empty-handed and don't say nothing right so and i want that place to get better because i'm there all the time I want it to be a better place to go. And that doesn't come from me not offering criticism in a constructive way, at least. So maybe it's not right for me to be like, hey, y'all gave me the wrong coupon, and you're going to honor it because I somehow ended up with it. I don't expect that. Um, I don't think that would be fair to anybody. Uh, at the same time, uh, take some kind of accountability and then offer to make things right. Right When you do step on people's toes, I do think that it takes integrity and it takes character to... Um, make things right with that person. To go up to them after you've been that way or after there's been a disagreement and be like, look, our relationship is not worth this disagreement. We're, we're going to have to figure out a way to continue going on. Um, and that you should be able to work through problems like that and it can that you don't get good at that by not doing it and that you're not good at that at the beginning at all. It's probably really nasty and um, uh, you know, simple um when i went when ellen and i went to counseling um marriage counseling uh, a few years ago that was the, like the counselor was basically teaching us how to address little problems right away it wasn't don't let these little problems get out of hand if they do something that you don't like you need to tell them how it makes you feel right away before you get upset before yeah, you let it stew, before you let it simmer and that's where i guess that's why my passive aggressiveness works out because it's an immediate thing for me. Like, I'm going to let you know how you made me feel, you know? You're like, ew, goddammit, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. 
That's but you've awesome. got a right. You've so got a right. It's probably a, a duty to tell people how you feel. Because it's how you feel. It's part of your human well, being. I, li I like that approach, though, Caleb, taking it up the chain. You're right, though, man. It, 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 just because y'all are turn and burn doesn't mean that y'all got to be assholes. You know what I mean? Like, if, if an employee gave you... If he's an actual employee and he gave you an actual fucking coupon, they should fucking... Uh, uh, reward. Uh, redeem. Redeem. Well, uh, so it wasn't a coupon, all right. It was a piece of oh, paper that they. The it's a thing. piece of. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a coupon. The employee handed me a piece of paper that they use to determine prices. So they, for some fucking reason, handed me the pre price, and it looks like a It's printed on like a. A long, like, two by it looks like a coupon. Um, and it's like at, it's 50% off at this time for this product, blah blah blah. This and all the prices are let out. And they told me these, this is what this stuff costs when you come in. Well, they were misinformed, right? It wasn't even the coupon. And that's they do turn and burn. You know, when I try to describe the person who gave it to me, he cut me off in the middle of describing the person. And I got 60 people work here, I need a name, or I'm not gonna know who you're talking about, which is why I made a point to call him back and get his name. Because that might be the way his corporate works, is they need a name to know who they're talking about. So I wanted to get his. Um, but How did you act when you, called you, when you called him back? Defensive at first, but I calmed him down and then got him to the spill of beans anyways. Mm. So uh, well, I expect him to be defensive, but I needed he needs to know that my problem is not with him. My problem is with his policy. It's not his person. Is that, you know, I, I'm sure me and him will get along fine. Mm. And there's a mastery but, to communicating that because that is your right, that's the issue. But you get angry at the individual, not you, but someone might get angry at the individual when actually what they're really angry is the fact that they've been let down by the policy or the system that's right. failed in some way. And you're trying to highlight really what's gone wrong. What you're trying to highlight is the fact that, well, like you said, you tried to find out why did that guy do that and why was it like that, that he didn't do that because he was trying to be malevolent to you. He did that because there's something wrong with the policy. Well, he did that because there's no fucking way in hell they're going to let me walk out of there with an ounce of weed for 60 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but why do you think he did that, in your best guess? Um, I, I think that he, uh, from his perspective, I, you know, yeah. he doesn't know where I got this thing. He doesn't know if I snatched it off a counter. All he's going off of what I said. He doesn't know if I found it in the trash. All he knows is I shouldn't have it. Um, right, and then, okay. and, and so it's hard for him to just, you know, to justify this behavior. And then he didn't take any time to get to know yeah. who I was. I have an account there. I've been a customer there for uh, like a he solid year. Right. So, just, so, hey, get out of here and move on. You know, so what would the policy change be if you could go back there and, or not even if you could go back there, but if you could make the change that you think needs to happen so this wouldn't happen again, what needs to change? You could go straight um, to the boss and he would click his fingers and get it sorted in the way that we're talking about what would happen. I would I would probably ask that they um you know do a better job with their management and problem resolution. You know, not everybody's out there to get them with a quick scheme or a plan. It was a misunderstanding. Um and that I feel he was in the position I feel like he was in the position to make a to okay, so when I was in sales, there were I would get my ass handed to me whenever there would be uh or what some of my sales managers, you know, like say you don't get along with a, a customer and you're getting back and forth or whatever, you're not able to get on a deal. That's the sale you should always make because there's a line of communication that they haven't shut you down. Um so even just even just from a corporate level why isn't this guy trying to make a sell when I came all the way down there to spend a bunch of money and he's turning me away, right? So I think that would be the more direct way to get their attention. I wouldn't want to, and this is me being strategic, I wouldn't want to rely on corporate empathy. <laughs> I would be like, Luke, you'll miss the sale and you'll miss sales from here on out. Like it's not even about his behavior. This is a salesman who is more concerned about uh, his feelings being hurt or being, you know, seen as making a mistake and being defensive rather than having a uh, at least a 
more constructive way of dealing with issues with customers. He can't turn every customer away that has a problem. You have to be able to turn those people around, right? Like if that's your job, if you're in this position of being in charge of a store producing money, it, I just think that's bad policy. And I wouldn't want a manager running one of my stores who would treat me the way I was treated. I'm there with money to spend it. Yes, we have a disagreement on this coupon, but your response is just leave then instead of like, how can we spend the money that you did bring <laughs> and keep a customer? Like that just seems, you know, it makes me feel like they don't need me to be there. So I've got this is a slight tangent now, was a heavy tangent, but to get back maybe off the coupons and onto something else. Yeah, a yeah. Question to you, to you, Caleb and Gabe. And it's a big question, but um, what does it mean to you to be a man? What does it mean to be a man? You can talk about it philosophically and sort of personally if you want, but what does it mean to be a man? I just got done talking oh. for a long time. So. Hmm. What does it mean to be a man? Oh, we yeah. could, uh, so many ways. I mean. I know, right? Go for it. Give, give me one way. <laughs> Well, yeah, let's... I hate to be that guy and just go back around to the same thing, but you know, but it starts with integrity, I think, doing the right thing. Um, but a woman has I to think be that. Uh, woman uh, uh, being uh, having some works. selflessness, you know, you got to have some selflessness. Um, I don't know, man. Um, at first, I was going to say start naming qualities of like good leaders and shit, you know, that kind of thing, but. You know, you got to have good soldiers, too. You know, like, yeah, not everybody can be a, a good leader. You know, you still be a, a good person and not be a, you know, you know what I mean? Um, well, uh, where are you at with it, Ed? I mean, I guess that, uh, when I heard you talking, I mean, I've, I've literally just introduced the topic and thought about it myself as you're talking whilst listening to you as well. but. Um, for me it's like well maybe it'd be easier to answer the question and you can still answer it what does it mean to be a man is to what are the differences of being a woman to being a man because all those things you've said I still think a woman that's what it means to be a woman a woman needs to be selfless a woman needs to be integral you know a woman needs to be oh, I like that. As well. you don't like that no I do I do I do, oh, I, do. do. Oh, right. <laughs> I, think that, I don't like that um, so, so I guess what's the, what's the, what does it mean to be a man? I'm looking, I'm going to try and look at it from the specifically. Of what's the difference of, you know, what, how is it different being a man than a woman outside of obviously having a penis and all this, all this physiological shit that we all know already. Um, I guess I'm going to, I, in my, in my study, we talk, we've talked a lot about, um, in the past about, the roles of a man and a woman. I'm going to refer particularly to childhood, and so there's and and this. Don't get me wrong. This isn't. This is a plastic concept. It's not a black and white. This is how things should be. So I just want to state that as a disclaimer. But the the mother's role is to kind of well, mother is love, father man is will. So and, and that do you know what? that's a brilliant way of speaking about it, actually. I, I believe. Men are very willful, and, that, and when I say men, I really just mean masculine energy, which obviously men have uh, a more dominant expression of, and women have a more dominant expression of female energy. But I think we both have both. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, what does it mean to be a man for me? I guess to, oh God, it is a really big, hard, bloody question. Like you said at the beginning, Gabe, it's got so many angles. Hard for me to even pick on one, but I guess I guess maybe I'd want to talk about masculine and feminine energy and what that means to people. Maybe that's where I'd want to go with this because it is too big to answer in one little kind of comment. Well, one thing I one thing I spoke to my oldest son about uh, yesterday is he he got in trouble for. Uh... He's been doing this thing where he'll be aggravating somebody. And uh, they'll tell him to stop, and he won't stop. And my son is uh, just turned nine, and he's already five foot tall. So he's huge compared to 
the two kids he's around. And so he's old enough to join the fucking military, or big enough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I told him I was like, dude, you're you're bigger, and you can you can do whatever you want to these people. You know what I mean? Like you're you're you have power just in your being. Like you don't know how that affects other people when you start doing something that they don't want you to do, right? So if somebody's telling you to stop. Like, how does that make you feel when they're doing something? And just imagine if they were like three times your size and just did it anyway. You know what I mean? So, kind of make him realize that just because you have, you know, He's gone. He's gone. Well, Kyla, what what does it mean to you? You chip in now. That's good. Good time for you to chip in. To be a man or. To a man, like, as if a weakness, like obviously any gender is capable as as a human. Yeah, and I think that it's more important to recognize, or for at least these purposes, uh, how a, a man responds to that type of responsibility. Right? Like we all have the, those um, expectations from each other and for ourselves to be certain kinds of ways, but. Um, there is something about the way that you know a man responds to conflict or a man responds to learning that's different from um, the other genders. I mean that, and that's not even a you know all the genders are different. So we're trying to speak within our lane, right? Which is it's hard yeah, for yeah. me to it's hard for me to talk no, about how women feel. I don't know. <laughs> no, so just to stay within that. my lane and speak about how I feel to be a man is definitely not to disenfranchise how it feels for anybody else. To feel how they feel or just like, well, a man is a superior gender. None of that. What I'm saying is I think what we're trying to get to is what, how do I define myself within yeah. my, or, you know, because I identify as a man, right? I, I grew up in a machismo environment. Um, I was always given that this is how men act, man up, men don't cry, men are strong, men are tough. And, you know, um, men deal with trauma this kind of way. Men are expected to handle violence. How, how, um, do, you so I, those, how do you see those mindsets you've just spoken about being uh, of limiting nature? Um, I think that they're, they're not just limiting, but go on. Yeah, go. Well, I think that they, I think somebody, uh, I think there's a role for that person in society and that the men are the ones who feel it. The men are these, the ones who are allowed to suffer kind of namelessly. If a man is killed, in a large city, it says man murdered by whatever, it, you know, but if you, if it's a woman, it's, you know, Kelly Berkeley, 27, hit by car, and, you know, so, but, you know, the, the men just have, I think, a a social stigma that they have to do, which I think is more to the point of what it's like to be a man or how it feels to be a man. It's trying to live up to the stigma that's already put there in place. So there's already an idea of what a man should be and there's a set, there's an expectation that we meet that and some of those expectations are difficult um yeah, but women women go through that too in a very different way obviously but. absolutely and i'm not trying to take oh, away yeah. from any like yeah with their war paint and all that mess so like i'm always like why are you wearing all that <clears throat> they, they wear it for each other bro it's the weirdest shit yeah I, definitely everybody look everybody's got a hard time so I, like i said just to stay within my lane of what i can talk about what it's like to be a man yeah um, so you didn't buy that explicitly there so there was like <laughs> yeah well because i'd be guessing i would be guessing and i might fucking guess wrong i usually guess wrong you know <laughs> um so you know just to answer the question more directly about what i feel like i feel like being a man is trying to live up to whatever that image is yeah, and, wow, and trying yeah. your hardest to uphold to it, right? Like that there is, I think 
just trying to meet that. And maybe it's a human expectation, like to fill the shoes that were put in front of you. But that's what I feel like being a man is is like. Is that there's a big old pair of boots, and you're expected to fill them. And whether or not you're capable of it, you're gonna put in the same grinder that everybody else gets put in. Um, yeah, that's my. I guess that's my kind of angle yeah, on it. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, definitely. I really agree with that. It resonates with me too. Um. Well, it's a big question, and I've asked people that in the past as well. And I've even joined a talk, and that was this is where I learned the question from actually. And uh, my initial reaction to that, and it has been again today, it's just like bloody hell, it's a big question. So I feel like you've answered that really nicely, actually. There's so many. It's because the perspective of who's answering that question can be so different, and you want to answer if you're. Um, if you're trying to be considerate of like not making somebody pissed off, then you're trying to answer that question without taking away from somebody else or trying to like make something about being a man exclusive. And I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, but I do, I, I feel like it would be disingenuous to say living on this planet as a man is the same as anybody else doing it. And I don't think that's the case. I think historically that if you look at what it's like, um, I guess as far as the last 10,000 years, um there's some you're either great or you're nothing right you're just another dude who got fucking run over or you're a dictator or a president like there's not really a lot of in between and that there's not i don't know there's not enough not to say there's not plenty um but i i think that there should be like recruitment videos for being good dads and not to join the military you know like it's wow, that me. whole idea love is kind of backwards you know like and that's what that's what is expected. Is this? Do you guys do you guys know the? Um, you think you do? You know, like if you can fix a skateboard, you can fix a bike. If you can fix a bike, you can fix a car. If you can fix a car, you can fix a T1 Navy warship, or you can fix a, <laughs> You know, so it's basically a right. recruitment advert, kind of recruiting people. That, you know, you, you get the idea. But bringing it back to the dad thing, you know, what could it be like? If you can look after a goldfish, you can look after a hamster. If you can look after a hamster, they can look after a dog. If you can look after a dog, you can look after a family of six. Bro, I think if you can talk a girl into letting you fuck her, you could probably talk your way into a job so that you could support the family you started. Yeah, for me, being a man, for me personally, is, is, is just being <laughs> and a I don't provider. Work, right? <laughs> you know? That's it. You got to provide. God, what a hypocrite. And I said that with complete sincerity when I don't fucking work as, at all. <laughs> You're raising oh, kids, man. bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it was just like, if you can get a girl pregnant, you can you can be a good dad, you know. But um, <laughs> I wish that was the case. Yeah, well, I think uh, honestly, you know, to give that to give that a serious answer, I think that if you're worried about being a good dad, you probably will be. Yeah. If it bothers oh, you, nice. that's lovely. Yeah. It, if it bothers you, that's if it's lovely. something that you're worried about, you probably will be. Um, if you got it in your head, like I don't have anything to learn, I'm going to be great. This is going to be easy. I'm always right. I don't make mistakes. Shots fired. But, uh, you know, here's me. I haven't got kids. You two have kids. So it's an interesting one. I think I am going to be a good dad. And I'm not worried right now. But I, I have to, you know, I, I'm sure when I actually have a child, that that kind of confidence will, will fall by the wayside in the way you're speaking of. But right now, I'm definitely, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm so passionate about injustice for children. It's something. It's it's what most of my work wants to be around. Is around this idea that okay. children need to I'm be back. seen. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to being a dad, and I'm not worried about it. But at the same time, I hope that doesn't mean that I don't care because I do. Uh, well, I, you know, being confident that you'll be a good dad is fine. I think that that means as long as you understand what that or are trying to figure out what that entails. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean just doing whatever you want and that being okay. It means you probably make an effort to be better, do better, set an example. Um, you know, yeah, I don't I think mean you that. will be wrong. You know, I think I'll be <laughs> right and not but accepting that you'll be wrong and it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's something that I, I think I'm going to find really hard in parenthood. Well, 
it's uh, it's always hard, you know. That it's a difficult to admit that you're wrong. It's admit it's difficult to admit defeat. Um, it, for whatever reason, these are parts of the. Uh, yeah, try doing it to a three year old. Like, oh yeah. shit! Sorry for yeah. yelling at you, bud. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Damn it! You win again. Yeah, you little cute bastard. Um, you can really and, see the. Uh... You can really see the the shock and the you know in the in the eyes of a child, a young like that, when you when you raise your voice, because actually the kid hasn't got the literally the physical capacity even, let alone the emotional and all the rest of it capacity to actually you listen to me now or whatever you shout, you know, like it's actually can you I don't know if you can bring yourself back to that time, but being shouted at by an adult when you were a kid is a pretty fucking intense. Uh, I still don't experience. like it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. I still absolutely gave actually. Yeah. Um, I'm to keep that I in mind. That you know, a childish response in us, and I don't mean childish as immature. I mean it triggers a a childlike emotion within us. That fear. Kids are interesting, and boys, and right because I don't have any girls and gave. Doesn't have any daughters, uh, so raising boys, <laughs> raising boys is um, as far as I can tell, there seems to be a natural instinct to roughhouse play, fight, address issues with violence, um, you know, exert energy. Like there's a bro, both the boys just are constantly just got scratches and bruises all over, like. I I can't we can't tell them enough to quit fighting, bro. Like they're just they're always they like to. They, Rupa told me yesterday that we like to play rough. Like, <laughs> yeah. So well, don't like, come in, in here crying, then next time you get hurt. God damn it. In t- in terms of what it means to be a man, we're now looking at like children, and that like, you're talking both about this inherent quality in young children that they like to fight. They do, and they do. I live with two young boys myself. And they love to fight. It's, it's, and I used to love to fight. I used to love to be destructive and, oh, you know, at that young age. Um, so there's something like to win. there as well, whether it's inherent or heavily put on their society. But I actually feel it's more inherent than a societal structure. And they also like to win, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Hate losing, willing to cheat, you know, can easily rationalize skewing rules in their favor um you know mistakes that work out for them those are but none none that work against them are allowed it's uh that's one of our biggest challenges is trying to keep cameron from being like the dickhead big brother that's always like tricking him and outsmarting him and (laughs) you know just overpowering him you know like we always are like hey dude you don't be like that both of those things, so like your Cameron, don't forget, at his age, and he's young, what he's doing really, yes, he's fucking over your, his, his little brother constantly left, right and centre, but he's also trying to practice and develop his own sense of power. He's beginning to realise that he's intelligent enough to have an impact over his little brother, and he's smart, he's, he can smarten him out. He can't do that with you, because your dad, you can do that with him. He can't do that with you just, just we don't, yet, probably not. We don't dissuade him, like, outsmarting. We try to make him use that energy more yeah, productively. Oh, that's beautiful, Gabe. I, oh, that's really nice to hear, man. And then going back to the, the winning and losing thing, um, this competitive thing, like, it is really hard for young boys to, to experience losing in competition in the first kind of few years of being involved in that sort of scenario and i think that leads links into one of our the the narcissism concept we talked about in one of the previous podcasts which is around this idea that you know when you're younger you're not your narcissism is pure as in you 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 expect everything to come to you and from from a young age that's how it happens but you get slowly let down and i think this idea of losing is a big blow to your ego because it's like you're normally used to winning your parents always let you win the games or a lot of parents do do this any child that's had that will definitely struggle in losing like if you let your children Shit, not my age, house. you know yeah that's it. yeah but that's that sounds healthy Gabe. That's what okay 
Ed, you might have more insight onto this. This is really honestly a question for you, uh, not really not a uh, it's not just a statement, but I feel like um, it's just how kids are. Like it's nature. There's no nurture about it. Like they they need to win because if they don't, they'll like. I'm trying to think how quickly we got from not having antibiotics to having smartphones, and it's mind blowing. So I don't think that the that that we're emotionally like as advanced as our technology is, and that when you have a kid, and that it's uh, almost a universe. This inherent overbearing narcissism is a function of the brain that they can't help, and that that yeah. for me struggling is do I correct this behavior when I know it's not going to change? Or do I need to correct this behavior so it will change? Um, and I don't, and I'm kind of stuck in this place in between where I don't know what to do or when is the right thing to do. And often I feel like well, no matter what I do, it's incorrect. Well, it's, it is. Like you just said, you painted a really good picture there. It's, it's a fucking, it's a messy, messy business. And, and it also ties into that ethical thing. You know, what's the right thing to do and when? But there comes a point, you're, I agree with you on that what you're saying about this idea that you know young kids need to, to win they need that you know that experience but there comes a point and the reality of life is that you don't always win so there comes a point where you have to kind of get them used to like it brings me working with special needs kids this is another great example so working with special needs kids what happens so often is that the kids failed to get initiated enough to actually be independent by themselves because they've got special needs and they've got learning difficulties. Staff, you know, or the carers around them often limit their ability through their own projections. But actually, if we just keep mollycoddling them and, and, you know, trying to deal with all their sensitivities, which you have to do to a point, and this is the same with kids that are neurotypical anyway, like your kids. Uh, you, you, there comes a point where you have to start letting them down and showing them reality that they're not always going to win. But you have to do that gently. And it's it's really hard. I, I'm not even a dad. Uh, and I can definitely say that it's really hard. I mean, you can speak much more to this. But, but it is hard, 100%. But you have to let them down gently at times because it's reality. They're not always going to win. Yeah. But but like you don't let a kid down gently. This, they don't get put no, down hell gently. No. Hell no. Uh, <laughs> the world ain't going to let you down gently. Like, uh, my boys have been begging for Nintendo Switches. And Carrie uh, was thinking about doing I was like, babe, you cannot get them whatever no. wild-ass <laughs> shit they decide they want every year because that's, that's setting them up for failure because they're going to start expecting that from everything. Yeah. And that's not how life works. Like so, you, so, you so, can't, so the you can't let the them fact. go scribble in the yeah. book. What you know, the get the fucking Amazon catalog and circle everything, and then have them circle the most expensive thing, and then get that form every year, and expect them to have a reasonable outlook on life. You know what I mean? You're right, and I think the fact that Carrie can sense into that, just the fact that no, I told her not it. to do that. She was wanting to oh, fucking well, do okay. it. So just the fact you're sensing into that means that that's a real intuitive understanding it sounds really real Gabe it's like you're 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 getting this in a sense that now there's this tipping point around yes before it was worth getting them these things and it was you know that you could see the joy in their face and that's not going to go away but but actually the now it's time you can you clearly understand that they're ready to get a little bit more of a slice of cold hard reality because well, I, re I remember being that kid like I, I maybe once or twice when I had like semi reasonable expectations that I get the thing or things that I wanted specifically for Christmas. Yeah. And I know that that like, it took a lot to do that for my parents, you know? And you know, like you said, you know, you know we have kind of been time. doing that these last few years. And, and lately, like recently we've gone to where we'll give them a little bit of money and then, you know, they have their little allowance and if they want something real big like that, then they can save up their money and get it. Yeah, nice. So then they, they learn a lot of values in doing that. Uh, guys, we're at a our ten minute mark. Ten minutes before I'm going to get back into real life. It means we have ten minutes left.
No worries. That's cool. Um, um, how, do so, we, how, how would we look to close this? Well, I, you know, I, let me ask this. Since this has been, you know, we all have young people in our lives and the theme has kind of been, you know, about like what the right thing to do is, what the wrong thing to do is, and the willingness to do those things and how through our, um, through our transition from being this sullen, spoiled little fucking shit that was raised by a dad who just loved him too much into, into that manhood. What, um, and maybe we can think about closing it out around this topic. Um, what would you have wanted, I guess, in your transitional periods um, Good question. to really have guided you better? Like, Do you feel like there was something that could have been more helpful for you as far as like becoming more prepared That's uh, a good question, to be a man? And since I, I since I asked, I'll start just so that I'll give you guys a little bit of time to go. You know, I wish um, really, and this is kind of a later thing because my parents got split up in a uh, a later stage of their marriage. Um, I wish they didn't do that, but I was glad that it happened in a point where I could understand my dad's perspective and not feel like it was attack against me or my family. Um, right. Like he was trying to destroy things. So, uh, in one sense, I'm grateful for that, but I do wish that he would have stayed with my mom so that even as I continue my steps into manhood, I can see an example of somebody dealing with the kind of problems that I have, um, still as a man in my life to continue to have, a level of mentorship from that family. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I feel, I still feel like I miss my dad being my dad, even though, um, I've gone past that stage. So maybe the greater point that I'm trying to make is, uh, I feel like I'm still in that transition of becoming a man still to some degree. And I just wish that there were, my role model was more attentive to that, to that fact. Right. Um, and that probably, um, I would, I don't know, I imagine I would have more insight into my life if my role model was more productive about being insightful. Nice. Well, uh, I was going to say essentially what you were saying uh, kind of differently. I was going to say how I feel like I've been uh, pretty fortunate in having as many good, strong male role models like close in my life as I've had. Um. I didn't have like I never had uh never had to deal with too much uh insecurities or anything like that um and I just feel like you know almost at every step of my life there was at least you know one or two male figures that kind of like were my crutch you know going through things and uh obviously uh Caleb's lucky to still have his dad um one of those things, but, uh, I do, uh, I do look back and, uh, wish my old man would have been there, would have had to not work so much, but, uh, man, I, I really can't, I really can't complain all that much, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you really remind, not remind me, but you always, as I've got to know you, Gabe, and the more, the more we've spoken, affirm that you, you, for me, sound like someone that's actually been brought up in a really healthy back, uh, family system and and that's why you don't experience these things oh bro I, trust me i got problems though man <laughs> anxiety <laughs> depression that, like uh but for whatever reason when it comes to you know like right now uh you know working my own hours the onus is on me to keep being productive while I'm here, you know what I mean? I could easily just come up here and clock in and just fuck off. But I don't. You know what I mean? Uh Ed, why don't you go last and then um uh, play us out? I guess um the main one for me, I mean I also really, really respect my father, but I also wonder whether I'm um I'm thirty one, just so the listeners know, but um I wonder for me whether part of my journey still involves confronting my dad about things and having a fear around that and whether there's this thing around 
confronting a father because your father's always the dominant one, you know. Um, just very quickly, just to, you know, the Oedipus complex talks about this: the, the boy or, or who falls in love with his mother, but fears castration from his father, or is the father becomes a threat. So I, I'm kind of pulling off that a little bit, but but um, that aside, uh, I I think for me the only thing I can really consciously be wish that that happened a bit more for me was that uh, my dad put down boundaries for me a little bit stronger. But at the time, because my dad didn't put boundaries down for me, I absolutely loved him for it because my mum was really fucking heavy on the boundaries. So I felt really oppressed living at mum's. But when I went to live at dad's, there was no boundaries. So as much as I, now I, I kind of, I'm finding the, uh, I'm having to learn that for myself. I, I didn't develop my own sense of boundaries. And that's the reason why your parents do it is to, to give you, your own sense of how to work with boundaries and to kind of give you a bit of containment but i never did that so i really struggle in my adult life now with instilling personal boundaries i mean i i suffer from addiction or i suffer is the right word but anyway i experience addiction and that's definitely a boundary issue so um so that would probably be the one thing that I would have liked or and i would like to do for my own children in the in the knowledge of all that I want to be able to instill healthier boundaries to, to my children where, where, where I didn't necessarily get them from my mum or my dad in, in a particularly healthy portion. But they were both at the, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, if you will. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's me. But, um, mate, this has been brilliant. I mean, this, this podcast for me almost warrants a part two at some point down the line maybe because um, it's, it's a big, big topic and uh, I feel like we've only really scratched the surface. That's a thin uh, line to walk being a, a friend and a dad. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be too big of an asshole, but you also don't want to be too give, too big of a friend, ooh. you know? Because you are, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, as a parent, the onus is on you for how that kid's behaving or going to behave. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be conscious of that, what, what your behaviors do to affect that child. Nice. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Gabe. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, something that we all mentioned is kind of this underlying theme is like a sense of responsibility for the future. Um, maybe that's the difference between somebody who's ethical and somebody who's unethical, somebody who's a good man or a good woman or a good dad or a bad dad. Um, whatever it is, it's I understand and I feel, Gabe, like you understand and, and that you understand that how we invest in our relationships with the people around us and even within ourselves and our future, all that comes back. And I think that that is, I mean, to, to oversimplify it and reduce it, uh, there's a lot of things that I don't do because I want the future to be better for myself or my son or that I do do because I want that future to be better. That includes how I treat him or how I don't treat him and how I treat other people when I'm around him, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and just in general, maybe, I'm rude to somebody who raises a kid that has to grow up with my kid. And, and, you know, it, like who knows how the butterfly effect takes out, but I, um, you never know what they're going to remember, man. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that's the common theme is like, we all have this kind of sense of like, well, you know, our actions have repercussions. Um, and you, maybe you can't steer them or, you know, decide what those repercussions are going to be. But I think that we can influence them by, trying to be good you know or good people or nice to people or respectful or productive in a, in a healthy way um so i'm gonna we're you know I, i'll find some point from here on out to cut the podcast off um i don't have to ed but everybody's free to move about the country so if you've got, I've got a split, the rest of the day or uh, well, I don't have the whole day. I've got to go check in on my yeah, family. It's been like two hours, and I know it's late for Ed. It's like midnight. He's got to work tomorrow. It's, are we? Are we meeting? Um, are we meeting next week? Oh uh, yeah, we're playing on it. Yeah. Any ideas for topics? Uh, no, but I don't have. We're gonna have to figure it out right now. I just like talking with you guys. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, then we can have an open mic. You can bring what you want to the table. So and tell. I just like to yeah. listen. That could be quite cool. Throw on my two bits. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what as well. I don't know if you how keen you are to do this, but just because just it's come to me right now is that because I feel like we've got a good enough dynamic uh, and, and repertoire of personal experience to talk about this sort of thing. But 
whether we come, I mean, you could call it a round table if you want, but where we come on one episode and each bring a one problem. It doesn't have to be a massively intimate one, but one issue in our lives, you know, whether it's a family issue, personal issue, a work issue, whatever. You know, you, you, that's completely blank canvas. But then we have an open discussion with each other about them um, and just like, and just shoot the shit, basically. Yeah. That'd yeah be quite that sounds good. good. Uh, yeah, it'd be quite a cool podcast just to show people a really authentic conversation and we know each other well enough now to, to, to do that, I think. I'm down. Yeah, I like a, um, a more humorous episode next so oh I don't, mate good, was i not yeah. was i not good enough for you this time <laughs> no good man Kayla, sorry that, that's good. i didn't yeah didn't yuck monkey it up enough well, uh no no no. i mean like it doesn't have to be so heavy you don't have to bring in yeah yeah fucking... no i love that okay. <laughs> no good man. good man i like both and but 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 um actually are you talking you, about when caleb was scoreboarding me about having a dad mm. Yeah, that's one of my favorite you. bits. You're just gonna have to get used to it, Ed. <laughs> I do it to Carrie too. Makes the people so uncomfortable. I don't well, know why I do it. Like... Maybe because I'm an asshole. Well, because of that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's like, just like that. Like like um. Okay. Yeah. So I like the idea of bringing in uh, like an issue, but I definitely am not gonna be taking it. Super serious. Well, I'd I'd say I'd say keep those two separate. Or well, we don't have to keep them separate. But nah. I really I really do want to have a good giggle in the next one. That would be much more <laughs> much more desirable on my part for sure. Yeah. Well, how about next time, time Caleb goes to the weed store, he actually gets some weed, and then, <laughs> we, can, then we can have a good giggle. Oh man. Uh, well, hey, it don't always go your way. So. <clears throat> But well, all right, Ed, talk, yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, good night, Always. and we'll be in touch. Yeah, sweet dreams. Nice love, guys. Doesn't mean sweet dreams between.